Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host right. and cohort, I'm Victor Adams. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Man, that goatee game is getting strong with you, you man. You like it? I don't know. It's getting to the point where it gets straggly or just kind of looks where, what it looks like. No, it looks good, man. And you All got right. the Clark Kent curl thing going on right now at the right, top. And you're looking good, man. Got the... Uh, Omicron has treated you well. It has. <laughs> well, you know, the father, uh, Patrick, when I, when I had this originally, he said... And he saw me the next day. He said, "Why'd you shave your beard?" Because <laughs> right. he's a, he's he's like ZZ Top guy. I know, know he so can yeah. step on his. <laughs> yeah, so he he encouraged me through spiritual counseling to go ahead and keep growing. There you my go. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's good to see you, man. Thanks, and man. I know we're facing a snowstorm in Memphis tomorrow. It's yeah. weird, you know. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll stuff, probably so. hit the ground and melt. But you know. I know. I mean, that means don't go to the grocery store today. Bread and milk will be gone. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I don't know go. what people do with bread and milk that makes it so essential. But like, I guess Real for cheese kids, sandwiches. I don't like, know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> milk sandwiches. That's I'm not right. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds kind of nasty. But uh, I'm glad to be in here again, man, and uh, we're going to get into the show here in a minute. But first, I wanted to take a second, you know, Victor, I'm always talking about here at the beginning about going to parishes and starting groups and just the impact it can have and, yeah. and how we love doing that and going and doing these restored uh, parish missions and then starting men's groups and training leaders while we're there. Well, I have a couple quotes here from guys that just wrote in and talked about, you know, what's been going on with them since we were there and just what they thought about it. And so um, this first one's from Tony. And he says, in the time that we've met, I've developed great relationships with several men since starting a men's group. The men that meet regularly are growing in their faith in God by listening and expressing feelings that have been tough to face. Our program just started in November, and several men have gone to confession for the first time in a very long time, which is, that's awesome. I love to hear that. Several men look forward to meeting to talk about their views and listening to learn someone else's view on what the subject is for the night. I'm still learning to lead a men's group, but I'm glad that I answered God's call. The ultimate goal is to bring men to God, encourage them to be better husbands and fathers. So that's from Tony. That was in New Mexico out at Mm -hmm. Sacred Heart. Excuse me. And then this one here is from Brett, which was up at St. Phillips in uh, Indiana, Mount Vernon, Indiana. He said, a few guys in my parish were trying to organize an event for men to help them grow closer to Jesus and grow in their spiritual lives. We had done formation events before, but we wanted to bring in a speaker that could make a lasting impact on our parish. We stumbled across John Edwards and his ministry, which I think is how most people find out about right. it. They stumble across us. Yeah. Uh, just a guy in the pew and immediately thought his conversion story would resonate with men in our parish. When John came to speak, he first took the time to meet with a few of us to talk about starting a men's group in our parish. He spent time talking with us about the importance of using the momentum from this event to build a lasting group for men to grow in their faith. He gave us the do's and don'ts from his experience leading a men's group at his parish. I'm so thankful he took the time to meet with us before he spoke that evening. His talk uh, impacted so many men in our parish that attended that night. John's message is authentic and genuine. He talked about real issues that many men are struggling with and laid them out on the table. His conversion from overcoming his struggles to becoming a Catholic evangelist showed us the power Jesus Christ can have in our lives if we continue to uh, pursue a relationship with him through the sacraments. After John left that evening, he continued to maintain contact with us and ensure that we could get a men's group started in our parish. I was overwhelmed by the amount of guys from our parish and surrounding parishes who attended John's talk and expressed interest in joining a men's group. Many of them purchased the narrow road and are continuing to grow in their virtues and making changes in their and tangible changes in their lives. 
Ever since that talk, we had 15 to 20 different guys coming to our weekly men's group, all men trying to build each other up in our walk with Jesus. John even was kind enough to schedule a Zoom meeting with our men's group during our weekly meeting to check in on us and give us advice on how to continue growing the group. I cannot recommend uh, bringing John in to start a men's group enough. If you're looking for a speaker to help men grow in their spiritual life and become better husbands and fathers, you can't find a better one than John. Well, thank you. That sounds unhumble for me to read that. But (laughs) again, these are his words. John's message will resonate with men because he does not want to just give a talk. He wants to get men to come together as brothers in Christ in a men's group to continue their journey together. Now, I know that one was long, but Brett, thank you for that. Tony, thank you for that. Guys, this is the effect that what we're doing is having in parishes. This is the effect of what you know we could have in, in all kinds of parishes. So mm-hmm. you know, these guys, both of these guys, were just men that were listening to the podcast or they stumbled across it, as he stumbled. said. Yes. Yeah, and I know Tony was listening to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they went to their pa- pastor and asked for me to come in. And then we went and we started something there that's still going. These things are three, four months old. I've talked to the guys pretty regularly through text or you know, we've Zoomed, as they said. And, and these guys are growing and they're enjoying each other. And now they have a place to go every week to carry their burdens and share their successes and, and walk towards uh, down the narrow road, really. Uh, towards virtue and, and holiness and becoming a better man. So if you're interested in that same thing, don't think that like, well, that, that's just those two guys. These guys were guys listening to the podcast just like you, and the Lord put a fire in their heart to start something in their parish. They reached out, they took that step, they called us, and we came in and we helped them. And we want to do that in more places across the country in 2022 and into the future. So you can figure out how to get us to do that by going to the Book Me page on the justagownthepew.com website. Uh, there at the bottom, you'll see uh, Book John, submit a form, put your information there. Myself or Amy, uh, our assistant, will get back with you and we'll schedule a time to talk and see when we can get out that way. So we have a, a you know pretty good availability from basically the end of April to the end of the year. So if you're looking to do this, you know, pray about it, discern it, take it to your pastor or to your DRE or whoever, and, and let's get the ball rolling. So other than that, guys, I want to remind you about the pilgrimage we're having in 2023 with Father Larry Richards. Uh, you can find out more about that again on the book me page at just a guy in the pew. We've got guys signing up. Father's excited about it. I'm excited about it. We're going to do a show coming up and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And uh, he and I are really good friends and I'm looking forward to that and just looking forward to all of you who may come with us. I've had several of you reach out that said you're thinking about it. You're trying to get the money together, whatever it is to go. But I guarantee you, if you choose to go, we're going to have one of the best times ever. It's going to be awesome. We're going to walk in the footsteps of the Lord together. And it's just going to be a memory that we'll have for the rest of our life. So again, you can go to the book me page and do that. One last thing, the narrow road is 50% off your first month. We have guys continuing to join every month. This month is temperance. Next month is obedience. The month after that is prudence. So we're working on some serious virtues and some good things here that are going to help you grow in your faith life. And you can sign up for that at justaguyinthepew.com. So Victor, getting into the show today, you know, I told you last week, I've been listening to the Bible in a year and it's been cool because... You know, some of this Old Testament stuff I haven't read in a while. You know, I mean, it's just, it's like being in Sunday school again when I was, you know, a Baptist kid, like hearing these stories. And, you know, and that's really what growing up, what the Old Testament really seemed like to me was like a book of children's stories. Like you remember, you know, right. Noah and, and, and the ark and Jonah and the whale and, and you know, Abraham and Isaac. Those and, lessons to learn and to not do. Sure. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of those in right. there. And really a lot about how to treat family and, and how broken families can be and all of those things. But, you know, we read the other day, Genesis 25, uh, 29 through 34, and that section there was really about Esau and Jacob. You know, at this time, Isaac has had both of his sons, and, you know, Jacob was Isaac's favorite, or excuse me, Jacob was Rebecca's favorite. Is Rebecca? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. Rebecca, sorry. Rebecca's favorite, and Esau was um, 
was his father's favorite. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you may be thinking right now, we're going to talk about how Jacob stole his blessed father's blessing. That comes later. What I want to focus on today is this part where Esau, you know, was a hunter. He was out there, you know, killing game, and his he father loved his game. He was a man's man. Yeah. He's like Tom, John Wayne kind yeah, of Yeah, big old hairy guy and right. all that. And so he comes in, and he's famished. He's been hunting for days. And this is in Genesis chapter 25, 29 through 34, for those that you want to look it up. But he comes in, and Jacob, uh, you know, is cooking. And he says, give me those beans. Give me a pot of those beans, right? And and he says, well, first, Jacob says to him, first, give me your birthright. And he's <laughs> like, you know, just give me the beans. I don't care. I what why, is it? Why are you pressure me like yeah, this? Yeah, he actually yeah. says, um, I'm about to die. What is a birthright to me, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's in this moment where he's famished. You know, he's probably tired. He's he's presented a choice. And he gives his birthright over to Jacob. He Because Jacob says, swear it to me before mm-hmm. he'll give him the bowl of beans. And so Esau swears it to him. And he gives him his birthright. Now, Isaac was a wealthy man. I mean, he had all kind of cattle and sheep and, and all of these right. people that worked with him and for him. And the Lord had really blessed him. So all of a sudden, Esau just gave all that up for a bowl of beans. And so I'm sitting there reading that. <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm thinking, who in the heck would do that? Right? And I'm sure mm-hmm. every one of us that would read that would think of it that way. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat today. <clears throat> excuse me. But he, uh, you know, he, he gave in to that temptation is what happened. And, you know, a lot of times, like I said, we'd be sitting there going, like, who would give that up for a bowl of beans? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Just be hungry for a little while. Go make yourself something to eat. Right. right? But but we've all been in that position. And so, you know, we sit there and we say, like, what, you know, what an idiot. And, and who would trade their inheritance like that? But the fact is, Victor, you and I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I have. You know, Esau was in a moment of weakness, as I said a minute ago, and he was starving. And again, he says, I'm about to die. What is a birthright to me? How many times have we been in a moment of temptation and and we've said, like, I know I shouldn't do this. I know that I'm going to have to go to confession. Or I know that this is going to hurt my wife or I know that this isn't good for me, but we choose to give it up anyway. And so Esau traded, you know, a blessing from God for his birthright. I mean, he traded a bowl of beans for mm-hmm. basically a blessing for God because that the way that he had blessed Isaac was going to be passed on to Esau. And instead, he traded it for a bowl of beans. Right. You kind of also wonder, was Esau a very kind of like religious individual? Like, did he really spend time with the Lord in prayer and meditation? Because if he did, maybe, I'm, of course, we're speculating, we're reading sure. to, to the scripture uh, from our own concept. But if he did, you would have thought that he'd been like, you know, more attentive to what Jacob was asking him. Sure. You know, taking, we're trying to take from him. Um, but because he probably wasn't tuned in, he, he he thought maybe his birthright was more like, okay, fine, you can be the older son. I don't care. You know, sure. just just give me what I need. Right. And, and I mean, there's plenty of examples of this we can look at in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had nights in my past and things like that where I've had too much to drink. And the next thing you know, everybody's asleep in the house and I'm watching something I shouldn't be watching and fall into impurity or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, I've, there's been moments in my life where obviously with all my past addictions where I made terrible choices and, you know, sacrificed the blessing of my family for a lot of years because of the decisions I made, because of the temptation I kept giving into over and over again. You know, you see it with, with people that have choices in jobs, right? I mean, there's a lot of people you see that go to jail because they, they embezzle or do something, you know, unethical and, and it costs them, you know, their, their their support and their life and their freedom and all of these things. And so, you know, oftentimes we can read things in the Bible and look at other people's situations and say like, what a fool, you know, Mm -hmm. how stupid is that person? Why would you ever do that? 
But we have to put ourselves in those situations and look at this. And there's a great lesson to learn here is that there's a cost to temptation. You know, and, and, and the devil is so good at convincing us that there's not, right? Oh, you'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, it's not a big deal. You're not hurting anybody. You know, there's no real cost to doing this. You, you can go to confession. Those kind of things you hear, like, and we all know it, especially if you've done something like you're drinking or something and mm-hmm. your um, your inhibitions are lessened or whatever you right. want to say there, and, and, and you're just more apt to fall to things. I mean, I can think of several times in my life where I'm like, you know, but I want this, right? right? And that's really what we're saying is like, I want this. I, this is what's important to me in this moment. We can't see past the moment, and we give in the same way that Esau did. And, you know, the thing is, like, giving in to temptation is never free. Right. You know, no matter what the devil tells us, it's never free. It costs us something. Right. If we're giving in to, and I keep using impurity because that's a common thing that men fall to in temptation, is like we we need to think about it. Like, man, I'm not just doing this, and it, it's no harm, no foul. Like, I'm I'm hurting my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hurting my relationship with God. You know, especially if we have the mindset of you know, like, well, I can just go to confession after this because that's not what confession's for. Right. You know, is your it's not a get out of jail free card that we'll talk about more in a minute. But but the thing is, like, it's not free. There's always a cost. You know, I've given some examples here of my own life. I'm sure you have some too, Victor. But, you know, giving in once only opens the door to giving giving in more. And the next thing you know, you find yourself away from God and the church, and you find yourself okay with sin. And that's where the devil wants us, right? He wants in that place where where temptation doesn't even become a thing in our life anymore. It's just a choice we make, right? We just choose the wrong thing that we fall in love with sin instead of falling in love with the Father and following what he's asking us to do. And so, you know, this is something we have to be very aware of in our life because the devil's always going to be painting the grass to be greener on the other side. Right. Everything's going to look shiny and nice and beautiful and and looks like it's going to better your life if you choose that because that's the way he operates. That's the way he works, you know. Nobody's going to buy a Pinto. They want a Lamborghini. He's going to make things look like that. Right, and there's, there's two camps where we find, usually find ourselves in. One is... As, as our most desperate hour and then being content you know so desperation you know, like led to Esau being hungry he was desperate for food sure. so therefore he gave in people who probably are embezzling money may be having something financial issues going on in the home sure you know but when you're content you know those things come to you and you're not like you're not a I guess it doesn't perk you up, you know, in sure. a sense, because you're living in a sense of joy and happiness that the Lord has given you. Right. Knowing that I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm not going to seek things that are going to take me from him. And I, when and when we're desperate, guess what? We will always choose to go against God. Right. That's yeah. right. And we need, that's why we always need to stay close to him, like yeah. you're talking about. Like, we need to invoke his name and bring him into these moments of temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's really what we we need to start talking about here is, is yeah, we know that there's a cost to this, you know, and that's what we're driving home today. But, you know, what are we going to do about it moving forward? You know, because a lot, we could sit here and talk about it all day, but if, if you're not talking about solutions, if you're not looking for ways to help, if you're not trying to walk the other way, which is repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm choosing to turn, to turn away from, you know, and go in a different direction. And that's what Jesus called us to, you know, the first time he opened his mouth in his public ministry, repent and believe in the gospel. Right. You know, when he was older, you know, not not when he was a kid in the temple. I mean, obviously he said different things there. But the first time he spoke in his public ministry, that's what he said is to repent. And, um, you know, so in order to do that, like we have to have a change of mindset. 
You know, we have to stop looking at this the way that we have. You know, if you fall in again and again and again to the same sin or something, oftentimes you're like, well, what's the use of trying? I'm just going to do it again. You know, or I'm going to go to confession and I'll get a clean slate. Might as well do it again. I'm going to confession. Right, right. And that's the thing. And as we've said before in in, in our episodes about temptation, you know, temptation's a choice. Mm -hmm. Like temptation in itself isn't sin. You know, if it was sin, they would call it sin. I always like to think of temptation as like walking along a fence, you know, or walking down the middle of a road. And there's one side, you know, and le- and the other side off of that yellow line, you know, as Mr. Miyagi would say, yeah. walk left, squish like grape, walk right, yeah. squish like grape, walk middle, safe, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's 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 kind of the same thing is is we have that choice, and depending on what side we step up on is is where we wind up, right? If we step to the left, we're stepping towards maybe lust and and and, and temptation and falling and sin and all of those things. Or if we step to the right, we're stepping back into the arms of a loving father that says, you know what? I love you too much to do this. Mm-hmm. I love my wife too much to do this. You know, I love what the blessings you've given me and my job too much to steal because I trust you and you'll help me find a way through this, right? There's, there's always those things. We have to combat the lies of the devil with the truth of God always in our life. This is a loving father who will not abandon me, who loves me, who I can trust, right? And I need to stay in that. Because this is the the real thing that we're talking about here. The real cost to temptation is losing heaven, mm-hmm. right? Is losing heaven. That's our eternal, our shot at eternal life with God. Because when you become okay with sinning, then you become okay with sinning more and more and more. And like I said, you can find yourself away from the church and away from God very quickly. So when these moments come, we need to have that change of mindset. We need to flip the script. You know, St. Paul says we need to take all these ca- thoughts captive, Right and make them slaves to Christ. What he means by that is like in that moment, don't just give in. Stop. Think about it. Look at both sides. Look at the consequences of the actions. Right? Yeah. If I go over here where where I where God is, if I make the decision to step off to the right, if you will, of that fence, then I may not get what I want in this moment, but I'm going to get what I want for the rest of my life, which is Him. Right? Like, and I know that may sound corny, but this is really how we have to stop every single time that we have temptation. And say, like, is what I'm going to give up worth it mm-hmm. in this moment for this two seconds of pleasure or for this extra money or for, you know, the way that I've treated someone or, or whatever we're, we're the way we're sinning? Is it worth what it's going to cost me? How many guys have been have, have gotten a divorce because their wife found their porn stash? Right. How many guys have gotten a divorce because they started with porn and then wound up having an affair? You know, a real affair with somebody, you right. know, I mean, if uh, you know, watching pornography is, is adultery. You know, but I'm talking about with somebody else or you know, how many times has somebody, as we've said, chosen to steal or something and lost the, their job? Like there's always a cost to this. So what we need to do is we need to stop fixating on the temptation in the moment and think of the cost. And is what I'm being tempted with right now really worth what I'm going to lose by going through with it? You know, is it worth the steps backwards I'm going to take? Because you know we all have that guilt as soon as you're done doing it. Seems like the best thing in the world. And as soon as you do it, you feel like you're going to die of guilt, right? Like I, I, I remember when I used to really struggle with pornography, like that was the guiltiest I would ever feel mm-hmm. was like a second after, after everything was over, you know, I'm just like, Oh my, I feel like I'm dirty and I'll never be able to be clean. You know, it's that tremendous guilt and it's because we've made the wrong choice, right? Our prudence tried to tell us that right. we weren't making the right choice. We didn't listen to it. Right. So, um, you know, the, the main thing, is it worth the guilt? And then finally, like, is it worth separating ourselves with God from God? This is the main thing, and this is the ultimate cost. And James says in James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. This is the thing, Victor, like that's the cost is Mm -hmm. the crown of life to be able to live with him forever, to be able to serve and to worship and to love God for the rest of our lives and to be reunited with those that have gone before us and to be in the communion of saints, right? This is the end goal. This is why we're here. We're not here for this world. We're here for the next. And that's the cost. And if we if we train ourselves to think of that, right? Yeah, this if I do this one thing, it may not cost me from going to you know heaven because we have confession. Right. The Lord knew we were imperfect, knew that we, we were going to fall, and he gave us a way to be reconciled with him to come back in his love. But we still have a part to play in that, mm-hmm. of choosing the good and not the evil. So, you know, this is the thing that we have to worry about is this crown of life and losing it, Victor. Well, the thing is you're talking about is like, don't, you know, be careful the bowl of beans that are in front of you. Yeah. You know, because if you choose that, then you're you're losing your inheritance pretty much mm-hmm. in a sense that you're distancing yourself from God and, and it's difficult to be back into his will and to be back into his happiness and joy that he has created for you because you're choosing, like you said, the wrong way. You're choosing mm-hmm. your own way, which is always goes against what the will of God is. So. You know, you're right. And, and here's the thing. You know, we talk about, um, you know, going to confession and things like mm-hmm. that. This is a really pet peeve for me. Like, you may be thinking right now, well, man, there's there's always confession, right? What's a big what's a big deal if I do a little sin, I can just go get it cleaned up. Or I can go to Mass if it's a small venial sin and, and it's clean too. Well, I mean, the thing is, that's true, but we need to stop treating the, com- the confessional like a get-out-of-jail-free card and go in there with a repentant, repentant heart right. and a mindset to do everything we can to seek healing and turn completely away from sin and temptations in our life. Mm-hmm. That's what the confessional's for. It's right. not, well, let me go in here and, and, and shower off real quick and then you know go back to the same thing I'm doing tomorrow or the next day. Right. It's really like choosing to go in there, first getting to the root of why you're doing what you're doing, right? right? To the original wound that's causing whatever way you're acting out into sin. But but also like going in there and saying, Lord, like I'm not taking this lightly. This isn't a joke to me. This right. isn't a get out of jail free card. I'm sorry for what I've done to you, to myself, to the people that I've injured by it. And I don't want to do this in my life anymore. And I want your grace to be able to do that, right? Your power to be able to do it because I don't have it on my own. It's like the e- ER of the spiritual body. I mean, that's where we go to, to seek healing, but also the medicine of grace. Right. Yeah. And and look, there's plenty of examples in the Bible about this. Like, this isn't just Esau. I mean, Adam and Eve took a bite of the apple and it cost them and us everything, right? Original sin, the, way, the reason that we were fallen was because they were tempted by the devil to take a bite out of a piece of fruit, you know. Uh, Moses fell to the moment a moment of anger when he smashed his you know staff on the rock and and it cost him entry into the promised land. Like think about that. He mm-hmm. he listened to these people moan and like went through all these trials and tribulations to free these people and then wandered forever, and then he gets to the promised land. And he can't get in because he, he in, in a moment of temptation he chose wrong, mm-hmm. you know and. Abraham traded his wife Sarah for his own safety when they went into uh, where the Pharaoh was in Egypt. Then when they went into Egypt, he was afraid he was going to die if, or they would kill him because she was beautiful. So instead of trusting in the Lord and saying, this is my wife and he'll protect us, mm-hmm. he gave her to Pharaoh. And even God questioned him. He's like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know? um, David traded his favor with God when he had Uriah killed and, and took his wife. If it wasn't for Nathan, who knows if David would have gotten it back. You know, Nathan went to him and was like, that man is you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he repented. But Judas obviously traded Jesus for a bag of silver, you know, spending eternity in hell, I would assume, you know, because he traded our Lord. You know, God was right there in front of him and he traded him. Ananias and Sapphira, 
you know, they gave into greed and it cost them their lives. Those are the two that after um, the, the apostles had gone out after Pentecost, they were, everyone was selling what they had to contribute to the group. They sold some property and they kept money to themselves. And both of them lied about it and both of them turned to dust in front of Peter. Mm-hmm. There's, always, there's always cost to these things that may not seem like there is. There always are. And there's so many, I mean, it's not just the cost of yourself, but the people around you that affects too, your children that see you doing these things, your wife, your relationship, you know, people at work. So there's always cost to this. So we've got to get this out of our mind that when we, with these sins that we're committing, if they seem small to you, there's no sin that's small. Every sin is an injury to yourself, to those you love, and most importantly to God. Look, we're not perfect. I'm not trying to say this. Look, I, I need to go to confession today because of something I did yesterday. You know, I'm going to go after the show. This is something we don't need to take life lightly in our spiritual life because these become roadblocks, right? These become ruts. I don't know why I always have this image in my head, but like when I think about being in a rut, I always think of like an old, like 1800s wagon that's with the wooden wheels and they're stuck in like a right. mud pit and they rot, can't get out of it. That's what I feel like when we start to become okay with sin in our life and we start to become okay with temptation. You know, we have to do whatever we can to root that out. And one of my favorite things that Father Gio, uh, our priest at our parish, has, has said time and time again to our men's group, has been invoke the name of Jesus. Like when you're in that temptation, just say Jesus. The name of Jesus itself is a prayer, right? So so invoke that. But, but really, you know, what we need to do is just remember that we have a loving God and trust him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Trust that he's good. Trust that he has your blessings taken care of. Trust that he has your best interest in mind and that he loves you. And don't trade that for anything, right? Don't trade it in the moment. Yes, we're going to fall. We're going to fail. We're imperfect. And, but, and God has graced us with the confessional. But it's still up to us to do everything we can to avoid the near occasion of sin, right? That's what you say when you're in confession is, is, is you know, let me avoid the near occasions of sin. That means I'm going to go out here and not, not try to do this again, right? right. I'm going to see it. And I'm going to sidestep it, right? I'm going to duck. I'm going to bob. I'm going to weave. I'm going to do whatever I can to avoid this, this near occasion of sin in my life. So the point here is, guys, you may read that verse and that story about Esau and Jacob and think what an idiot he is to trade his birthright for a bowl of beans, but we do it every day in our own lives, right? We trade our birthright. We trade our shot at heaven each and every time that we sin, especially if we're walking away and we're not going to confession and we're not seeking the Lord's mercy and we're growing in our comfortability with sin because we're doing it again and again and again. So guys, look, if you want a good way to be able to combat sin in your life, to grow in virtue, which is what you have to do to get away from vice, then join us for the narrow road. It comes out every month. Guys are doing this. We're in a community together, and they're loving it, and they're growing in virtue. So look, I hear that music. We're all going to have to face temptation every day, guys. Just keep in mind the cost of giving in to it. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, temptations are part of life, and we all have to face them daily. The devil prowls like a roaring lion lion waiting to devour us. Help us to remember in our moments of temptation to focus on what giving in will cost us. And Father, whenever we are presented with temptation in our lives, remind us to invite you into it and to call on the virtues we have grown in. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.